think about the you know the criticisms of the old pre-platform media ecosystem and think about how that has been updated how that power operates now you know so in terms of like criticisms of the old uh, the old guard of the media ecosystem, the news organization, right? Like thinking here about like uh, manufacturing consent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that gets exactly at your point as well. And this is a, a really crucial point. Chomsky uh, and Herman, you know, Edward Herman and Noam Chomsky talk about in manufacturing consent is that uh, like those pressures and that power operates um, and that kind of gatekeeping operates in ways that are not always so direct and explicit, right? It is, it operates in part through a gatekeeping, right? It doesn't tell people, right? It's not telling the news anchors, here's the talking points um, for how you're manufacturing consent today, Um, Mm -hmm. but rather it gatekeeps out any kind of news or news personalities that wouldn't already believe in those things, wouldn't already report those kinds of stories. I mean, I think we can talk about platforms and something like Facebook in terms of doing something very similar, right? Like they're not telling, they're not delivering the bullet points of Zuckerberg's uh, whims and desires to to influencers and to reporters and saying, here's what you need to do. But instead they're providing, they have a gatekeeping power in terms of like what gets shown and shared on the platform and that operate and that that operates power in that way there's a, a, a complementary form of that kind of uh, platform power that operates as well in terms of like how it builds relationships and direct connections to um, consumers and users of the platform really kind of weaseling their way into people's everyday life, into their pockets, uh, into the infrastructure and services that they rely on. I'm thinking in particular of a, of a piece of a journal article published in 2019 uh, in the journal Comparative Political Studies called Are We All Amazon Primed? Consumers and the Politics of Platform Power by these political scientists Culpepper and Thalen. And, and, you know, this piece was published in 2019, but it's like, I think they really hit on it in, in a really prescient way, in a way that kind of uh, foresees things like the Proposition 22 vote, foresees things like the debate about the uh, news media bargaining code, foresees the ways in which platform power operates in ways that are different than what they call instrumental power, right? Like to quote from them, they say, it is not at all clear that the tools and strategies of instrumental power represent the principal form of influence these platform companies wield. Their political strength does not flow uniquely from the amount they spend on lobbying, but in the way that the political terrain they enter is already tilted in their favor. Who wants to be the politician who shuts down my access to cheap consumer goods delivered the next day through Amazon Prime or the information gateway that connects me to the world through Facebook? Right. So I think this is really understanding these contours and operations of platform power is really important here. Silicon Valley does spend a fuck ton of money on lobbying like they've just recently surpassed wall street in terms of the amount of money that they spend on lobbying so they are definitely trying to get 
their hands on that kind of instrumental power of, you know, that kind of direct political influence. But as Culpepper and Thalen point out as well, right, like what they've done is they've also created a system that makes them these too big to fail platforms, right, that makes them, uh, that makes politicians really hesitant to do any kind of regulation because of the public backlash it could spark, right? Like we can think here as well about like, uh, you know, the ways that like Uber and Airbnb use these kinds of uh, astroturfing organization strategies to turn their users into activists um, for the platform, right? To combat any kind of regulation like that, you know, infamously when Uber uh, put out the like de Blasio app, right? That's right. like, you know, here, here, you know, they, they put a little plug into the Uber um, app in New York back when uh, de Blasio, the mayor of New York was looking at trying to, you know, enact some regulation on Uber. Um, and they put like a little plug in, in the app that was like, Here's what Uber will look like if the de Blasio policies go forward. And what it is, is like, there'll be no rides available. It will be like, you know, triple the price, uh, you know, like, like this service you rely on every day will just, it'll just go away. It'll go away. Um, if you don't want that to happen, then sign this petition and put your name down in the fight um, for a free and open Uber, right? Like they, and they can only do that because they have created uh, and nurtured these direct relationships with consumers in a way that makes consumers entirely dependent and reliant and captured by the platform. I think that it was really interesting, and Hino made this point as well in the free episode, that um, Facebook you know, these companies know that they have this kind of plat, this kind of power. It's no accident, right? Like they've spent a lot of time intentionally nurturing that kind of platform power. And it was really interesting when Facebook like pulled the plug on Australia, um, the backlash publicly against Facebook. This is almost the exception that pull that proves the rule where like they overplayed their hand. They thought by pulling the plug, the backlash from the public would be on the government, right? Like this is what the government has forced us to do is pull the plug on Australia. Therefore, you should be focusing your ire on the government. That That's typically the reaction 99% of the time. And this is that one time where the reaction really backfired and blew up in their face. But again, I think that's the exception that proves the rule that Culpepper and Thalen are really outlining here in terms of like how this, this platform power actually operates. I, th I think also, you know, it, it makes me think about how, you know, the points that they raise about how the convenience, you know, and of itself, the market power becomes political clout uh, because nobody wants to be the one who cuts it off, but also because you know, the subtext is that we also have a political system which does not provide adequately for people, transportation systems, delivery mm -hmm. systems and logistic systems, welfare systems and social programs. And as a result, you, you know, a lot of individuals can uh, be forgiven for turning to the market to provide things that should be provided otherwise through a robust uh, social system in the richest country to ever existed in human history, or substitutes for it as close as you can get a substitute for in the marketplace, right? And that, you know, as a result, right, we make comparison, our, compa our, our comparisons to the monopolies of 
or the trust, right? Because before antitrust law of you know Standard Oil or U.S. Steel capture how they've become infrastructure in their own right, infrastructure you know, filling in gaps in the in the United States system, but also in the you know, system in other societies and countries. That then whole industries and whole sectors of the market spring up and are attached to, right? Mm-hmm. But I think as they write, well, what is different and politically consequential, however, is that unlike the monopolies of the past, today's tech firms enjoy a direct, indeed virtually unmediated link to their users, most of whom connect to these firms through devices they carry in their pockets every day. Companies with platform power have achieved economic scale in the back of a hand-in-glove relationship with these users. The most successful such firms have proved to be extraordinarily adept in leveraging their loyal, in many cases effectively captive, consumer base into an active public narrative and politically political advocacy strategy to secure legislative and legal support for their business model, right? At expense of political politicians and also political reforms, legislative and judicial moves that would build infrastructure and build the sort of society where those goods and services may not be needed. And it ends up being a really brilliant prestige by them. 